Welcome to Your Highness Podcast, a show where we get comfortable with the uncomfortable, uncover areas of cannabis where accessibility and inclusiveness are lacking, and elevate conversations about ways to affect real change in this space. Listening to Your Highness Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Crash. And I am JR Crash, the co host. <laughs> We're going to start off this episode as we do every episode with our fave pot, fave not pot. And I'm going to start with my fave pot, um, if you don't mind, JR. Oh, I, I do not mind at all. <laughs> So, my fave pot is actually a, an oldie but a goodie, but I'm bringing it out because one of my favorite holidays is about to approach, which you know, of course. It's, it, it is my favorite holiday, if I'm being really honest, and that's Valentine's Day. And my dear friend, Danielle Simone Brand, wrote an amazing book called Weed Mom, and she wrote it a few years ago, but it's still one of the best guides out there for people who are kind of curious, so to speak. Um, but in her book, she actually has a lot of different ways that she talks about Valentine's Day and like how it has different meanings to her. And, and she also talks about how it intersects with her plant medicine routine so I highly check that out and if you're a fan of Valentine's Day and you're in the northern Maryland area (laughs) it's not going to be actually on Valentine's Day I'm hyping it like it's going to be but um, we will be having a small little pop-up gathering a meet and greet if you will (laughs) Um, I should probably get the actual date (laughs) <laughs> it's right jr <laughs> yeah it'll be the friday before valentine's day so we are looking at drum roll please uh february 10th okay that's what i was going to say february 10th i thought that's what it was february february <laughs> i know i'm only so hung up on how to say that but anyway we'll be doing a nice little pop up it's just low key so follow us on social media and our sub stack which we will talk about at the end of the episode but if you are following us on social media you will hear more about it and if you stop by the dispensary where we'll be you will be able to get some fun giveaways and enter to win some really awesome prizes and uh meet me (laughs) so anyway jr what's your fave pot my fave pot is, uh, well, to, to preface it, you know, one of my favorite things is, is sleep. I'm <laughs> a big uh, component, like proponent of sleeping. We're not at fave not pot yet. Yeah. Well, you know, with that, I haven't really been able to get my sleep because they changed my schedule at work. So my sleep patterns got all jazzamorazzed. Um, so my favorite pot this week is actually the cannabinoid CBN. Um, which is actually uh, created with the with 
time and, and heat and degradation of THCA basically turns that compound into CBN. Um, and it helps with certain neurological issues, but it also really helps as a sleep aid. Um, I, have a, I got this tincture by Flora and Bast, and, uh, and it's, it's been amazing. It's helped me get back onto my sleep uh, pattern um, so that I'm not overly exhausted the next day and I'm able to go to sleep. Also, it's in tincture form, which I'm a big fan of because it makes me feel uh, like I'm in old-timey England. Like I need to go to bed, but the brain demons keep speaking to me, so I have to use this tincture that the medical examiner in town gave me. Um, so I just dropped some of those drops under my tongue, and uh, and and the brain demons go quiet, and so I'm able to go to sleep. So yes, uh, my favorite not or my favorite pot is the cannabinoid CBN. Um, and then specifically speaking, if you would like to try out a really nice product, it's Age Adapting Sleep Tincture uh, by Flora and Bast. I do love that tincture. And you took us on a wild ride there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my fave not pot is actually something I never thought I would say because while I'm a pretty decent cook, I've always kind of stayed away from baking because my ADHD does not allow me to follow directions very well. <laughs> and so that doesn't really work with baking. If you, if you know, you know, as the kids say. <laughs> but anyway, I started to take it up this holiday season, and I love it. It's a really great way to... Um, express myself so to speak and I don't know why I keep saying so to speak <laughs> but anyway I I never thought I'd say I love baking but I'm in I'm really into baking right now as you know because you get to experience the goods of that yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm also a big fan of your baking yeah yeah I'm a fan of getting baked and baking. <laughs> I mean, it is a weed podcast after all, right? That's true. We'll just uh, <laughs> lean into it like that. So what's your fave not pot? Um, mine is actually is a book. Um, I just started reading. It's called A Magic of by Clive Barker. Uh, this is a book that I read when I was younger, and it had... Uh, a very big impact on me um, when I created my very first email address with Yahoo. It was actually a magica313 at yahoo.com. This is back when I thought there would be eventually a time where everyone was just going by their internet monikers. And I wanted to make sure I had a good one, so I picked a magica313 to go for or go by for the rest of my life. So that's smart decisions. Um, but it was an important book to me, and for, for years, I'll tell people, you have to read this book, you have to read this book. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, I was telling someone at work that they should read this book, and they asked me what it was about. And I, I, had, no, I had no effing idea. I don't remember anything about this book. So, um, yeah, I guess that's the cool part about getting older is books that <laughs> were so important to you at a younger age, you've now completely forgotten the plot of um and you can only really remember how you felt when reading it so i'm reading it again um and it's almost like reading it 
for the very first time. So, um, yeah, I guess my favorite non-pod is both a magic of the book and the ability to forget important parts of your uh, coming of age, if you will, so that you get to re-experience them again uh, when you're much older. (laughs) You're funny. Um... (laughs) So, as we talked about in our last episode, we are doing a past, present, and future episode, or a past, present, and future series of episodes, I should say, um, that reflect on, obviously, the past, present, and future (laughs) of the cannabis space, and it was, it meant originally to tie into a holiday theme, but you know, life happens, and we are where we are right now, so <laughs> it's past the holiday, but we're we're going to talk about the present, the current state of cannabis, and it's a grim state, for sure, <laughs> but we want to refrain from imparting our negative opinions or, you know, ranting about uh, what we think are the shortcomings of cannabis, so we thought it would be more productive to just kind of go over a highlight reel, if you will, a, a selection of Twitter threads and things from the internet, people who are considered thought leaders in this space, we are we're taking this information from them, or we'll attribute it accordingly, obviously, but um, do you want to go ahead and start, JR? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've talked before in the past, um, actually, about how a lot of companies were really making uh, large sums of money during the pandemic era. And for a while, being in cannabis, um, it was nothing but continuous growth, growth after growth after growth, very quick, very fast growth. You would see mileage shakeups in smaller companies being bought by larger companies. And with those, you would see things like layoffs. Uh, but no one ever really saw any of the, the big companies uh, taking a hit or causing any kind of shakes or waves. And we've actually just now started seeing the beginnings of that for the very first time. You know, we saw uh, layoffs hit Weed Maps, um, making a second round of releases uh, from the company within six months. Uh, then you have companies like Cureleaf, which is one of the biggest companies. Um, first, they announced that, that there were cuts. It was actually first reported on, or maybe not first, but it was reported on by Grant Smith-Ellis on Twitter, um, reporting that massive layoffs at Cureleaf Inc., larger than 220 staffers laid off in November. And that's what they could confirm right at that moment. And then as more things started coming down the pike, we're seeing these large amounts of layoffs. And then just recently, within within a week, we saw that they actually closed down operations. I believe it's California, Colorado, and I believe it was Oregon. Not too surprising that they would kind of go after those markets first, just because those were always markets that people in the industry weren't making huge amounts of, of money in. Um, there was a lot of oversaturation and just a lot of money wasn't being made. So it's it's not, you know, I wasn't shocked that they picked those three markets to first announce 
the closure of operations. But it is, like I said, the the, the beginning stages of us seeing a, a lot of these closures after seeing such a substantial amount of growth happening uh, since these programs first started rolling out. So, you know, that has been a, a very big shakeup um, to the industry. You know, one that a lot of people started seeing coming because of things like it being released that a lot of companies weren't paying their income taxes so that they could use that money back into their companies. You know, we started seeing these rumblings happening and we started, you know, hearing that this year um, that we're currently in, 2023, was really going to shape the, the future of cannabis and what cannabis looked like. And we're starting to see the beginning etches of that with these layoffs um, and with these operational closures. Yep. Um, I mean, there is a lot more to unpack there, especially about Curaleaf, but uh, we suggest looking into that. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> there is a lot to find out, especially recently, um, that has nothing to do with layoffs. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is definitely the case. A lot of people are being laid off um, and downsized, but I'm going to actually read from Brian Box Brown's recent comic strip. I, I mean, it's not funny, so calling it a comic strip feels a little weird, but it is It is a comic strip, and Brian puts these out frequently, and I definitely recommend following uh, the Twitter account, at Box Brown. So I'm just going to read each, uh, what do you call it, slide? <laughs> um but this is a really good summary of what's going on right now. Cannabis culture has adopted the term Chad, a derogatory catch-all for a bro type. It's become descriptive of a person who has come into the cannabis space to make money by co-opting the culture. They can range from huge corporate CEOs to petty weed stock investors to outright scammers. There are a lot of chads around. Their presence and their dollars can shift the market and even legislation. The goals of the chad diverge from the goals of the well-intentioned producer and user. It has a picture of a chad saying, actually, home grow is bad for this nascent market. Well-intended producers want to grow and breed good cannabis, and push the boundaries of what the plant can do for the people. And unlike Chad's, the goal of the well-intentioned user is to consume that good cannabis. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> you don't have the visuals to go along with it, but I think that gives a good summary of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Can we link to that? Oh, absolutely. Of yeah. course. And the show notes. We're gonna... And those show notes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, the chads are taking over, and unfortunately, that means that the, the jobs that are available are not quality jobs. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're seeing a lot of with this influx of, of new people coming in. 
um, when we first started this industry, not we first started, I'm acting like I had some kind of part in creating this you industry. Pioneer. When I'm a I'm pioneer, <laughs> me. Um, no, but when I first started in the industry, uh, what you saw a lot of was companies um, hiring people in, you know, into the retail space of things, and then using that to basically grow their company from within. It was really, really fun, uh, really exciting to see. You know, you would see someone come in as a patient care specialist and then quickly, you know, move up the ladder into an operational aspect or merchandising or whatnot. It was easy for us to say, you know, when we would bring in and hire people in, um, you'll say, what is your passion in this industry? You know, no one's passion is, I mean, some people are, people can be passionate about retail. Um, but you know, when we're bringing people in, it's, it's, they're not like, oh my god, I love working in retail, you know. So our our idea was, I really do want to meet that person who's like, yes, I want to work in retail because right? I really just want to pick their brain. Yeah. <laughs> Having done it myself, by the way, many, many, many times. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but we would ask them, um, you know, what are you interested in? You know, getting into the retail entry level. That's how you get your foot in the door in cannabis. But what do you want to grow into? And then we would spend the time to train them in areas that excited them, you know, so that they could get into things like growing or merchandising or buying, um, patient outreach, a lot of these fun, exciting areas to people that, you know, didn't have these college degrees and stuff like that. It was an industry that was built upon the people that just were passionate about cannabis. Now that's shifted a lot, you know, a lot of these positions that were going towards you know company grown people um they're now just being hired from from the outside so you're seeing this massive influx of people coming in um from outside of cannabis and with that you're starting to see a lot of attempts to shoehorn cannabis into models of traditional retail which it's not and then in doing so, you're eliminating that growth inside of these companies. So where someone could get excited about coming in on the ground floor and moving their way up, you know, we've created these these caps, these ceilings, you know, at different levels. You know, you come into retail, you might be able to make it into a general manager, but you're not getting out of retail, you know. And obviously, this is a wide stroke. Not all companies are like this, but this is a model that we have been seeing pop up a lot more often than it was in, in the early days of cannabis, you know, where a lot of people, you know, if you did want to grow inside cannabis, much like any other traditional job, you would need a certain amount of schooling and a lot of things that just aren't available, you know, to people that are are looking to get into the cannabis industry and it's changing the, the industry as a whole. Yes. And the social equity programs are failing um, miserably. I mean, we would need like another three episodes to even go over that. <laughs> um, because really, truly, it's I, I don't have all the numbers in front of me because I feel like every every day there's a new number or a new quote. Um for instance, this Twitter, um, t- a Twitter thread by Jersey Cannabis Dispensary's Voice says, 
social equity women and disabled veteran cannabis dispensary applicants are losing everything waiting for the New Jersey CRC and the conditional application program is a failure. So, I mean, it's everywhere. It's New York. It's Maryland. It's all, they're, they're failing incredibly. And then to top it off, we have these chads talking about how social equity programs are ruining the industry. So, um, we're up against a lot. And it really helps when you're up against a lot to have something that helps you stay in a good mood. <laughs> I was just thinking over oh, the same exact segue. I was like, oh, this, this is getting pretty negative. Okay. <laughs> but I got a perfect segue into what we're about to talk about next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, the thing that does hold us, the, the thread that keeps us all in this industry, the, the through line is that uh, plant medicine is revolutionary. And um, in that vein, <laughs> or that strain, see what I did there? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about our sponsor, Mitragaya.com, which is the vendor of Kratom that we use regularly and have been using for many years. So it is such a blessing that we get to have them as a, as a sponsor for this podcast. And listeners get to benefit from um, a code YHPOD and get 10% off their non-sale items on mitragaya.com. That's M I T R A. G-A-I-A.com, and the code again is Y-H-P-O-D. Yeah, and uh, also we just want to make sure that everyone knows that not everything um, that's going on is is all bad. You know, there have been a lot of positive things going on within the industry. Just the last episode that I personally was on when we were talking about the past, I brought up about how when we first started in this industry – there was a lot of really great people doing some great things that unfortunately um, lost a lot of those great ideas to, to large companies. And, and it was a very negative thought process of, of the, the little person getting taken down by these big giants. But as we're seeing now, these giants, you know, they're not having the easiest go of it. You know, right now, we're about to see a lot of change in this industry, and it's the perfect time to kind of gather focus and, and reshape this industry into what we originally intended back in the earlier days. You know, it was getting very frustrating seeing these these giants just taking people's ideas and steamrolling yeah. them. And you know, the line was, I remember, not to cut you off, but like a lot of people would say, you know, when when people like you and I would be talking about it, like, this is not good. <laughs> I don't want to say negatively, but, you know, like, this isn't great. I would hear a lot of, well, no, but it makes it more mainstream, and that is the end goal. We want, we want normalization. But the thing is, is that normalization swath covered up it drowned out honestly that swath of normalization the attempts of, of quote i would say 
of quote-unquote normalization because it's not normalizing if not everyone has access to it. Yeah, it was, I mean, the normal means different things to different people, right. you know, it depends we on... We just get rid of that word altogether. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely not a term that, that is Inclusive. fitting for all people, you know, fully dependent on socioeconomic situations, accessibility situations. I mean, normalization is different for, for each person. So we gave up a lot for that, that normalization, but now is a perfect time for us to start looking at taking it back. Yes. You know, a lot of these companies, they're not going to be innovating right now. They're too busy trying to keep hold of, of what they have. Mm-hmm. Stay afloat, to stay To stay afloat. So now's the time to innovate to take it to that next level and to support people who are really doing everything they can to fight the good fight absolutely and one of those people is one of our favorite people uh willa who is behind highly human Yay! (laughs) and if you aren't familiar highly human is a creative space for the human race and i Highly recommend following them on every single social media channel, but also support them because um, if you subscribe to the Highly Human newsletter, first of all, you're just going to be blown away by the beautiful words and just the way this the spiritual guidance for you know that's really what I call it. Um, the most recent newsletter that came out is just. Uh, so touching because every time I read Holly Human's words, I'm just like, uh, or Willow's words, I'm just, <laughs> oof. Anyway, um, this newsletter goes into, you know, the current state of things, but also talks about sacred spaces and highlights some beings that, who are creating sacred spaces for community healing. And also, um, in this newsletter are mutual aid programs to support and the next fundamental collection, which is um, a series of t-shirts that uh, showcase highly humans words and other people's words that are just, um, I don't know how, I don't even know the words to (laughs) describe them, but they're just beautiful t-shirts. I'm not much of a statement shirt person, but this goes beyond statement. Like this goes beyond words. It's elevated. (laughs) Um, But definitely check out Highly Human's latest um, collection. I'm just going to read a little bit about this collection. This latest collection on EverPress means a lot as funds will not only go to organizations I hold in deep regard, but to also fund in real life experiences this year. Experiences that actualize sacred communal spaces for us to be in all the ways we express ourselves. Spaces where we can honor each other's divinity that brings us together for joyful and celebratory ways of healing, connection, and reflection. The funds from Unapologetically Spiritual will be split between at Shira Worldwide and I to honor our collaboration. And then um, it lists where the other funds will go, and that's the other wonderful thing. Every time you buy a shirt from Highly Human's collection, you're directly supporting mutual aid 
and um, other fundraisers. So great yeah. shirts. Yeah, excellent. my Twitter profile picture is actually me wearing a highly human shirt. Oh, go ahead and tell what what does it say on that shirt? I love that shirt so much. <laughs> uh oh yeah, it says abolish the construct. Abolish, I love that. Yeah, 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 and it's it's an awesome shirt. It's just a great shirt. So, um, definitely, definitely check them out. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yes, and I mean you'll see if you support highly human that there are. No, there is no shortage of resources listed for you to support. So before we end, if you would like to follow us on Substack, you'll find out about all of the latest episodes. We have some fun posts on there, and we'll also be posting about upcoming events. And um, that's pretty much it, I think. Do you have anything you want to add? No, no, not at all. Um, yeah. Have oh, most... Our Substack is called Your Highness Newsletter. I should say that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I will say that since we just talked about support a lot, we would we would really appreciate your support. Um, if you are still listening to this episode, give us a rating when you're done. And subscribe if you haven't yet. And follow us on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all those all those <laughs> things i think it's wild that uh like for like us doing this podcast for five years we're now just now starting to ask people to like subscribe and and leave reviews and stuff like that yeah that's probably why we don't have that many <laughs> probably probably but we would appreciate it if you did <laughs> yeah that'd be super cool And as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, stay high and beautiful. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Your Highness Podcast or on Twitter at Highness Podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and subscribe.